Hello, hello again, Safe Girl. We are back again with another episode of Safe Girl Podcast, and we're doing a gentle conversation. I am your host, Kyla, and I'm here with Christy. Hello, Christy. How are you today? Oh, I'm happy to be here and happy to have a gentle conversation. Yes. And this one is a good one. I think this one will touch the hearts of so many. We are having a gentle conversation about sexuality and salvation. Like we're having this conversation because we, it's, it's so clear that there's, we don't have a clear idea sometimes of what it looks like. I think it gets muddled with church culture and even some ideas from social media, from the society of telling us like, okay, we're sexual beings, but how does that look when we are safe, when we give our life to God? Like, how does that change? So we're going to talk about that today. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited because it's tough out here in these streets, as we call them. I just, I don't know about you, but I think it's very difficult to be a woman in this age and be sexual, but not overtly sexual because it's going to be misconstrued very easily. And everyone has ideas about either it's like you're sipped up and super holy or you're doing whatever and just dressing and and doing and acting in whatever way. And there's no balance. Like you said, there's, it's very difficult to navigate. So what do you think? So I've been asked this question before. Is it possible to be saved and sensual? And I know that as women, we have this certain way that God made us this like how women are just even from how we're composed, like long hair, sometimes short hair, but like just how God made us, our bodies. So we are sexual beings. We have sexual parts that match up with men. So that's how God made us. God created sex. So in that regard, there is a piece of us that wants to show up attractive for the opposite sex. Well, there's that piece. But I think growing up in church, I always thought that I couldn't be sexy. Get that yeah. your head. You need to come with well, the, even the top button or your button down shirt has to be, you don't want to tempt anybody. And I think what that made me feel like was that how I was made or how I showed up was wrong. Like I was a curvy girl growing up, developed really early. And I got the attention of older men and even just how they reacted to me and tried to approach me. That made me feel like, okay, there's something about me that's wrong. Well, then I try to try to cover it up with wearing extra layers. And I really didn't want to like, I didn't want people to be attracted to me. And that was me like preteen era. Like now, I was like, yes, we're up age. You're like, okay, God, we're just going. Yeah, there's those beliefs where it's okay. You grew up for a long time thinking that how you show up is wrong. I don't know. It's like. How do you fix that? Like, how do you change how you think about sex and think about your body and think about showing up in a sensual way? It's, I think that's such a good question. And I feel you on the whole church, church culture, because I grew up as an elder's kid. We had extra pressure on what we wore. And it's a funny story. It was actually when I was going to college. And a Christian brother saw me and they were like, I don't know what's up with you, but you should stop hiding your... And they were like, because you don't dress like you want to be seen. You just dress to fade. And I didn't know, I didn't notice that I was doing that because I had grown up with church culture and it's to 
like you said, that extra button on top, like this extra zipper pocket, everything, cover your ankles, cover your knees, everything. It was difficult to navigate what is being attractive and what is being tempting to a guy, yes or no. But then when they spoke to me in that matter, and they were very respectful about it, it wasn't disrespect at all, but they were very respectful about it. And they were like, what's going on? And I had to think about different moments that I've had unsavory encounters with men because I dressed in a more attractive way and then men reacted to it. And I got scared very quickly because I didn't know how to handle my sensuality and my sexuality. Nobody teaches us this in church. They're just saying, hide it and, you know, you'll be fine. And then one day, magically, God will throw your man out the sky who is blind because he, like, a man like to see beauty. And I'm like, is it going to have x-ray vision or something like that? That it's going to see, okay, beneath all these layers of clothes, there's actually a beautiful woman under there. And then that's it. The church doesn't equip you with tools and wisdom and discernment on how to deal with this stuff yeah i love what you just said about that that's why i feel like platonic relationships and friendships are so key because and we can go on a whole other topic but what i would just say about that is just to have people of the opposite sex that are not romantically interested in you to speak life into you to be like hey like you are a beautiful woman we know you personally so we know that your personality is top tier so you need to stop hiding and you're hiding with all of these clothing and that's not to say we'll talk about modesty later but you're not even showing that you are you're hiding your beauty almost and i don't even know how to describe that further but it's like when you try so hard to not be seen then it's really almost disrespectful because, yes, it's one thing to try hard to be seen. But when you try so hard in the opposite direction, to not be seen, to cover yourself where you are just fading into the background, then the people that are supposed to be assigned to you, that are supposed to see you, that are supposed to, they won't be able to recognize you because you are trying so hard to cover what God has placed, what God has. So well said. Yeah. Yeah. But we touched on this a little bit about culture. No, I can't even say this. Church culture is like CC. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you touched on this like when we were just planning this episode, and we are told how we're supposed to show up as women. I know that I very rarely would come to church without pantyhose, or I would make sure that my skirt is a certain length, that my dress came up to a certain height, like it wasn't showing enough like cleavage or anything. So we're taught. Especially women, I feel like women get like the big rule book of how we're supposed to show up in church. But men, they get another rule book. And, or maybe they don't get rules at all. <laughs> no, no, they don't get anything. It's like I told you, that, that senior that, that went viral, men don't get anything. They're like, ooh, let's do fun stuff. And women are like saddled with all these rules. Yeah. And that's so conflicting because you have men that are coming to church and then at a young age, even, especially if you're in like some type of role of ministry, the push is for men to get married. They're like, like you are, you're about to be the next pastor or whatever, like minister. You need to get married. And I know I've spoken to some of my platonic male friends and they've said that. They're like, there is a push for us to get married, especially if we're going to that next level or taking over for someone else, stepping in. They want to see people who are married. So mm. since they have that push early on, then they're on the hunt 
I feel. But women, we are giving all these rules of, okay, keep it cute, don't show too much. And I think sometimes that tears, because we were like, okay, we're looking around and like, well, once she has her short skirt on and hers five-inch heels, and she's married now. And I did everything by the rule book, and I am not. And that's not to say that, like, when you show more skin, you'll get chosen. No. But it's just that, going back to my point earlier, if you're doing a lot of extra stuff to cover yourself, to hide, then you also can't be surprised why you're not seen. I know some men also say that. They, like, they look at women like that and say, I didn't think she wanted to be married. Because marriage oh. is not, marriage is a ministry and not everyone is called to be married. So if you were doing a lot to not be seen by the opposite sex, guys might take that as a signal to say, maybe this is not what you were called to do, be married. And I will look other, other places. I'll look elsewhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of times from what I've seen with the men that I've seen in my life who are in the church, outside the church, different types of men, what I find so sad is that Church culture has had women in the church adopt insecurity as their cloak, as their mantle, Whoa. instead of being confident. Because when you look at women in the world, there's a there's a group of them who are like, I'm I'm this bad bee, I'm flossing, <laughs> I'm looking all good and whatever. And they're all singing their own praises and men flock to them for a reason because they emanate like confidence. I've asked so many men this and I like confidence in a woman. When a woman walks in and she knows she's dressed nice and she knows she looks good, that is, to them, they're like, that is so attractive to them. And I'm like, I know that the times when I showed up like that, I pulled major game. It's <laughs> when I, yeah, I'm for, like, I did. And it was, it was crazy because I didn't think it works until I did that. And I was like, wait a second. And it's when I'm hiding. I have friends that will, like, I remember... It was this year, because I had gone through, like I said, like I, I like you've heard my testimony. I've gone through so much, and then I started hiding again. And then I had people speaking to my life, being like, "Stop hiding, because you're doing it again." And then wow. every time I want to do it, God like clicks, being like, "Stop doing that. Stop wearing the sweats, ladies. You know what I was saying? Those sweats, not the cute sweats. Those sweats. Yeah, the ones that you like. Snowy day, you are." Hold up in a ball, watching Netflix, eating ice cream, those sweats. Don't be wearing those yeah, out. No. <laughs> and the head wrap, going out, out to Walmart and stuff like that. And uh, you don't have to do a full face beat, but if you can just throw on some BB cream and some lip gloss, do something to yourself. And that's something that I, there's some people, like, it was very subtle, but there were a couple of Christian women who were like, you don't have to do a lot. Just take care of yourself. Show the pride of God that God has in you as a child of God. Let that emanate true. And once I started thinking about that, that's when I started making changes to my physical health. That's when I started making changes to how I dressed, how I showed up, how what I did with my face, my hair, and stuff like that. So it doesn't have to come out from a desperate place. It can come from a place of confidence in who God made you to be. And I think a lot of times we can found that confidence that people have and we say that no I'm supposed to low below meekly and not seen and not heard and then I'm, and then you're like I keep getting passed by because so and so got married so and so is bagging him so got him so and so got him yeah because you're not showing up you're not showing that you're in this to begin with like you said 
Yeah. I love that. I love everything you just said because you really have to. And that that's one thing. I even saw that today. They were just like, wash your face. Just take mm. pride. Take pride in the little things. Well, like you said, does it have to be a full face of makeup? Does it have to be designer this, designer that you're putting on? But just take a nice shower. Wash your face. Oil your scalp. I don't know what you got to do. But do those things and then go out with pride. And one thing that we're going to get into this with the next, like, question about like how do you show up attractive but not overly sexual and one thing that I do like to like you said like we walk in a room and you have that confidence confidence doesn't come overnight so sometimes you have to fake it you have to fake it until you make it and I know people don't like that term but it's so true and I had to go into the mirror and tell myself affirmations like whoa you look pretty good today and i have to talk to myself like that and then when i walk into rooms i have my head held high because i know that every room that i walk into will shift because i'm here and not to big myself up but just to know that god is doing a big thing in my life and if he is calling me to walk into certain rooms then there's a reason why i'm in there there's someone that i need to connect to there's someone that i will touch and or someone will touch me so it's like i need to walk in expect it every room I walk into I'm walking expecting with my head held high and if you need a little soundtrack to walk to because people be like oh Kyla you be strutting what are you listening to in your head I give me a little song maybe it's a Beyonce song or something but I give me like a little beat and I walk and I make sure that if I'm wearing shoes I make sure there's shoes that I could walk in I make sure that I'm looking forward I am smiling and that's one way that you could just show up super attractive without being overly sexual because i didn't mean to say what i was wearing i'm just making sure that like guys shoes that you can walk in that you're not tripping over your feet in that you might walk to maybe a soundtrack in your head and you have your head held high that might be all you need to get started with the confidence yeah yeah i saw you on instagram with your glam i saw you i saw you <laughs> let it be known that i saw you and if you don't know go check her out guy dot cherry yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> look up the birthday post I, I was like what not no what no <laughs> but you know what it took me a while to get there it took me such a long time to get there because I was that person who would hide and I didn't want people to see me I didn't want to be seen as sexy or as desirable and mm. there's ways where you can show up that way because a lot of what, if you go onto my Instagram, I'm covered in a lot of my photos. Like I don't have any photos of me in a bathing suit. Like I have on nice clothes because I'll be dressing, but I do it tastefully. And what I do is because I find things that I love about me and I just maximize on those things. I love my skin complexion. It took me a long time to love the skin that I'm in. I am a chocolate woman and since I love that about me, I make sure that I am moisturized. I make sure that my elbows are not ashy. My knees are not ashy. It's... I make sure I exfoliate because then that's one thing that I know that like I could own that. That's me. So if people be like, oh, your skin's amen. I could own that. They'll so say if you have beautiful eyes, own that. Whatever you want to do. If you want to make sure that your eye, put a little eyeshadow on, your mascara is popping. Whatever you want to pick, you might have many things like, you have a lot of things going about you. That's awesome. And maximize on those things and make sure that, that those are things that you own every time you step out. So I know my friends, she have good brows. I make sure my brows are on point every time. And, and 
that's one thing she can be confident in. And when she goes out, gets compliments all times on her, her eyebrows. So find those things that you know you can own and then build confidence off of that. Because once you start to find things about you that you love, then you start to see more things like, oh, I love that about me too. And then that adds to the confidence. So we won't no longer be faking it. We'll be doing it. We'll be doing mm-hmm. it for confidence every day. Yeah, and I have an exercise for that, actually. My therapist made me do it, and I did it with my friends this past weekend. And I encourage anyone to do it because it's amazing. You write down five, at least five. You cannot short yourself being like, I don't know anything less than, I don't know more than two things about myself. You have to write at least five things, max 10, that you like about yourself. It can be... Oh, like you said, I like my eyebrows. I like my eyes. I like the way I dance. I like that I have good vibes with people. I like the way I cook. You write five to 10 things that you really love about yourself and take your time and write them down. And then on the back, you write three things that you think you can grow in and don't beat yourself up up about it, but three things that you can grow in. What do you wish for yourself? If a friend was looking out from the outside, what would they wish for you? And I did this with friends, so we all took a turn. And it's really cool to do it with friends because it's awesome because they will pick out things that you never knew about yourself. And then they reaffirm you in that. And then even in the growth opportunities, like I got so many compliments, even in the growth opportunities, they were like, don't dim your shine, shine brighter, take more steps, be more bold, blah, 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 and live more loudly. And I thought that was really cool to get. And that really helps you when you have that. And then I have their, I read it pretty much every two, three days. I read, I pull their papers out and I read it. It's such a confidence boost for yourself to see yourself as God has made you to be. And not as the inner critic that wants to criticize everything about you. And I think that's something that's really helpful for me. And it did a lot for me. It really changed the game for me and how I think about myself. Whoa. I love that exercise. Ooh. So that just brings me to another point that I said, and I know that we don't follow this other topic, but I'm loving this flow because when, the people you have in your circle matter. We talked earlier in the episode about having platonic male friends, like friends that, and you know what? And women, I know that we're sometimes guilty of this. We will have men in our lives and vibe with them. They make us laugh. We have a lot in common. And we take that to mean, okay, this is supposed to be my husband. Please Mm. don't always do that. Check with God first. Because there's people that are supposed to be in your life just as your friend. And then sometimes we cross the line and then we ruin that friendship. And we're no longer friends with that person. That could have been your destiny helper. That could have been someone in your life that could have gotten you further or gave you that insight that you might need to get to your kingdom spouse. So... If there's a guy in your life and he is there and he's encouraging, he might not be your husband, but he might be your friend. He might be someone that will be able to help you. So don't discount that. But also on the turn, as Chrissy spoke about doing this exercise with her girlfriends, you need to have people in your life that also know who they are. We're on that mm-hmm. journey to discovering it. Because I know that God is still dealing with all of us and he's shown probably all of us certain things and we're like, nah. I don't know, God. You might be at that spot. If you are a little further along when you do, you recognize that God has chosen you, loves you, that he's going to use you, and yet you want to be used by 
you're in relationship. So if you're at that point and you're still working on the other stuff, that's a good point to be because if you're in friendship with people who are still not sure that God has called them, still not sure that God has loved them, it'll be hard for them to speak life into you because if yeah. you're along in your journey, then they might not be able to edify you in the way that you need to be edified. So having people, and one thing I always tell people, I'm like, if, if I ask you a scale of one to 10, what you'll reach yourself, if you say anything but 10, I don't know. I, I think I might have to reevaluate our friendship. And not because, <laughs> not because we, there's not room for growth, but I just, I recognize if I am rating me, if there's a moment, anytime, point in time where I have to rate me, I have to love me above all. I can't look at what society will say about how I'm supposed to look like, Today in the skin, yes, there are things that I would love to work on. But because I know that I have a growth mindset, I'm always looking to learn more and grow more. That today, this Kyla today is light years ahead of the Kyla that she was yesterday and day before and day before. So each day I'm getting better. Well, each day I'm a 10. Because next day I will reevaluate. At the end of the day, I'll be like, okay, Kyla, what do we learn from today? What we have to do, we'll elevate to the next step. So that's also another exercise that you can do with yourself. Start each day out of 10. And then throughout the day, whatever you learn, you take note of that. And then you're like, okay, now I know I have the tools, pray about it. And then tomorrow I'll start as a 10 again. And that's how you can keep that going. So if you need to speak to yourself about that, do that. And make sure you have friends that are on that same path of self-development, getting better, because that plays a crucial part. So when you... Or in a moment where you're like, I don't know where I'm at right now. I don't know if I forgot it like that. You have people in your life that would be like, no, sis, you got it. You need that. You need that. Yeah. And especially in navigating healthy sexuality, I think it's very important that you have good people in your life who can hold you accountable and who can be like, yes, sis, you're doing it. Yes, keep going. Mm -hmm. And sometimes be like, no, really then, sis, because you're going just a little bit too far. far. Yeah. We searched the scriptures to get what is a good scripture to accompany this conversation. And we found 1 Corinthians 6.18 in the Amplified Version. It says, shun immorality and all sexual looseness. It doesn't say shun sexuality. It says shun sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. Any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body, but he will commit sexual immorality sins against his or her own body. So for me, that scripture, it just talks about, I think a lot of times people interpret it one way being like, you don't commit sexual sin because it's against your own body and you're contaminating the temple of God. I think I want to take it from another perspective. What wasn't said, and it says, shun sexual looseness. And I think a lot of times we're like, where is the boundary? That's it. Looseness. When you're using sexuality to get power over other people, when you're using sexuality to be more Jezebelian and lure men in, or women, I'm not discriminating. You're using that as a tool to build your self-esteem and you're not using it in a way that glorifies God, but you're deifying yourself and you're deifying your sexual organs, your body form, and your just your sexual function as something that is above your relationship with Christ, mm. that's sexual immorality. But when you're just reveling in who God made you to be, that's just different. And it, I had to, for me, it's been a very intimate discovery of where is the line? Can I wear this type of thing? Can I wear that? And then God was like, it's not about what you wear, although it is, but it isn't. Mm. He's like, 
the overall thought he gospel to me is it's not about what you wear, but the intent with which you wear it. If you're going out there, you could be like a full dress, but if your intent is bad and you're going to be like, I'm a bag a guy and there's nothing wrong with getting a guy. But if your intent is just to lure a guy into sexual immorality, this, you could be wearing a, like a full length skirt or you could be wearing like a short, like Gucci skirt. It doesn't matter. Heart is bad. It's what comes out of the heart that is bad. But he's, I've seen women wear certain things that are very, I wouldn't wear it, but then they looked really good at it, but their intent wasn't to lure anyone and you could feel it. I was like, oh, okay, that's different because I've seen women wear like just bodycon dresses and they were so lustful. It was, you could feel the lust emanate from them. And I've seen women, other women wear the same thing or even shorter things and they looked very tasteful but it's how they did it and what what the intent was so i'm not gonna go into like how short should your skirt be how low should your top be or anything like that or could i kind of wear crop tops yes or no because it's all dependent about your culture and the situation you're in and all types of different things but what is one overall dynamic that we can use is what is the intent of your heart with what you're wearing? Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to the gym and I wear a cute outfit and I'm just going out there just to work out and just be happy in my skin, that's different from me wearing like a really sh- whatever form-fitting top or whatever and just being like the whole time squatting strategically so that the guy behind me can look. You know what I'm saying? You're right. This means that. Right. Yeah, that's so important. To know, and you said something so key. And I remember growing up, and I'm like, okay, I, I wish I could wear that top because I know I'm like more full of chest. So I was like, oh, that person could wear that top and get away with it. But if I wear it, they'll be seen so sexually. So I put that on myself. But then there was also like the tent behind it because I know when I started trying things out, I'm like, oh, wait, I could wear this because I know if I wear this out, we put a blazer over it and dress it up a little bit more where it's not the focus it's on my chest it's just that I have something on that might be cut a different way but if I layer it or I do whatever because my intent is not to show my chest off my intent is to maybe have this overall outfit look and because of that it doesn't come off as a one way and I think mm-hmm. if you have the mindset that I want to try to attract this person or lure this person in. And I know one thing you said too was like, if I'm putting something on with that intent, I know going back to my olden days when I was living in sin, and I was like, oh, going out on a date and I'm going to wear my cute panties and bra because I, just in case things go to another level, knowing that I might not be comfortable, it might not be like the most flattering thing to wear, but I'll wear it because I'm like, okay, if things go to the next level, then boom. And my intent was wrong. And that was the sin right there. Yeah. I, girl, it, it's like the stories. No, it's not. Because gonna... when you said it right there, I was like, you're right. You're right. Because if I were on any other day, say if I was just going out going grocery shopping, I'm like, you know what? I just want to feel cute today. I'm going to wear this underneath my outfit. There's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. my not to do that. But if I know that like I'm going over to so-and-so's house tonight, let me put this on dusty case things start coming off and I'll be cute. You're already messing up. You're already messing up even before you go to this person's house. What are you doing? But yes. But this has been a really awesome conversation. I'm really happy we had it. And I hope that you all benefited from listening to different perspectives and figuring out like where is the line for you. 
because we're safe girls. We're not here to dictate your spiritual life for you. You're supposed to have your own relationship with the father and the father speaks a lot. He does. He's more chatty than he is silent. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. Yes. So if you're saying, I don't hear the Lord saying this, like maybe you need to tune out some outside noise and tune out your own desires, which are speaking so loudly that you can't hear the father, but the father speaks. So do you mind us closing us off in prayer today? Yes. Yes. I'll pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this conversation. This gentle conversation talking about what it means to be saved and sensual, saved and sexual beings. Father God, we just ask that whatever was said today, that um, it will be a seed that was planted on good ground, that we won't know where it will harvest up, but we pray that it will be a harvest that will not only touch the lives of these listeners, but then pour out onto other people, that they will be able to see it in the way that we walk, in the way that we talk, in the way that we show up, that we will show up confident women of God, Confident in who you have called us to be, confident in all that you have for us, not just physically, but all of the ideas and thoughts you place into us, our visions, our dreams, and that people will see that, that our light will shine so brightly that people will want to know this great God that we serve. And that's all that we really want. We want you to get the glory. So we will no longer hide, we will no longer try to fade into the background and hide what you have placed in us, hide how you created us. Because we know that doesn't serve you. That doesn't serve the ones that you call to walk alongside of us. So, Father God, we just pray over all that are listening to this, all that will receive this word, and know that you have created us as sexual beings, but there's a time and a place and a container for sex. And that's, that container is marriage, and how beautiful and fruitful that will be when that time comes. So we just thank you in advance for when you have us in this now season. We will learn as much as we can in this season until you elevate us and roll us to the next. And for this, we will never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And just so we pray. Amen.